The Marijuana Solution would like to remind you to check out our sponsors after the podcast. We're going to have links to them in the description. Our sponsors are TrueLeave, Sunshine Cannabis, The Smart Collective, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, and We Are Rare. Don't forget to check out those links in the description. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review. We're Florida's first licensed medical cannabis dispensary with locations all throughout Florida, and we deliver all throughout Florida next day. We have the largest selection of products within the allowable delivery methods. Truly products are hand-grown in an environment that keeps it as natural as possible at every turn. We don't use pesticides and we lab test our products and those lab tests are published on our website. So you can be confident at the medication that you're putting into your body. Our favorite products are our vaporization lines, our True Pod, our True Clear is a patient favorite, and we also just recently launched True Flower for patients that want the full entourage effect. At Truly, we're really proud to offer the largest variety to patients, and we're really excited about the future and all of our patients that are helping us expand and grow and make our products even better. Visit our website at www.trueleave.com to find out where all of our dispensaries are located, shop online, learn more about our products, or find a doctor if you haven't gotten started in the medical cannabis process. Hello everyone, you're listening to The Marijuana Solution, and I'm your host, Robert Roundtree. And this episode, we have two very special guests, and they are from the Wendy Love Edge Show, and that is Wendy Love Edge and Topher Kogan. And Wendy is a cannabis activist, radio talk show host, and an author of many books. She's very heavily involved with uh, a few nonprofits and is the official cannabis mom for Topher is what I was actually just told a little while ago. And we'll find out more about that. Uh, Topher is a well-known comedian and talk show personality that performs around Arkansas and has been working with Wendy to bring awareness and educate people about the benefits of medical marijuana during the green zone of the Wendy Love Edge show and I actually appeared on that not too long ago and had a great time so I wanted to bring both of them on the show introduce you to them and find out what's going on in other parts of the world uh, Arkansas does have a medical marijuana program that I believe is trying to get its foothold and we're gonna find out about that uh, how are you two doing today doing great thank you so good. much for inviting us yeah glad to be here yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, first, uh, starting with you, Wendy, um, could you kind of give the Marijuana Solution listeners a, uh, I guess, a abridged version of how you came to be so passionately involved with cannabis activism and, you know, why that's important to you? Sure. Um, so I became ill in 2011 and uh, I had uh, was diagnosed with a disease called dermatomyositis. It's an autoimmune disease where your body eats your skin and muscle cells. And so in a very short time, I found myself in a power wheelchair and unable to care for myself and on 16 pharmaceutical drugs, what I would later call bulldozed. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the list was just endless. And um, so... You know, I really wanted to just do what the doctors told me I wanted to live. And they they told me that I likely would die from the disease or from the treatment that they had to give me. 
because uh, I was put on a very high dose of steroids, um, 125 milligrams of prednisone a day, um, plus chemotherapy drugs, and, and, and then all of the drugs that addressed all of the side effects of those, um, which, as I mentioned, came up to about 16 drugs, um, including morphine, round the clock, and Percocet, Valium, Xanax. I mean, the list was just endless. And I was completely bulldozed or snowed by all these drugs and didn't even realize, you know, the situation. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, um, and, uh, I, uh, we were nearly bankrupted by the healthcare system and decided to move from Arkansas back to Massachusetts, where I'm originally from, because the healthcare system was better there at the time. You know, Mitt Romney had put into place a healthcare plan for everybody, really, um, which he did not claim when he ran for president later. Um, but it was actually an excellent plan, and I knew that if we could get back there, that we would ha- we would both myself and my wife would have access right away. So we sold our belongings to move and uh, and went back to Massachusetts. And at that time, I just wanted to kind of stay on the drugs that they were giving me because I thought that's what was saving me. I thought that, but I I knew better. I was a healthcare professional prior to this. I'm an occupational therapist by background. Um, and so I, I did really know better, but it, you know, when a doctor looks you and, and your family in the eyes and says you're going to, you're likely going to die, it kind of like sets off this thought process in motion where you just, you just really want to survive, you know. Um, so when we got back to Massachusetts, I, I just wanted to find a doctor that would continue all the drugs, and I had no idea that I was addicted to uh, opiates and Valium and. Gavapentin, all of it, you know. Um, so in 2013, in the fall, um, I uh, had a life change. I found myself alone. I had some friends kind of helping me out a little bit. I still couldn't drive. I, I could walk by then on arm crutches, but I was really out of my mind. I had no idea that <laughs> I wasn't thinking properly, you know. And uh, so finally, I changed my mind. I just decided I could be healthier. I was sitting on the couch one day, and I heard this little voice in my head that said, your body knows how to heal itself. And uh, I typed it into my computer search bar. And it was something I already knew, but I had just forgotten, you know. And uh, and so I decided, I, you know, I made the decision that, it, that I would wean off of the drugs. And, um, and so I started the weaning process not realizing I was addicted to these things. And after two years, and um, and I went into withdrawal, and a friend stopped by uh, to help me. She brought me some groceries, and she took one look at me and said, "Gosh, what what is wrong with you?" You know, I was you know shaking and sweating, and I was really determined because I had changed my mind, and I felt like if I didn't come off these drugs, I wouldn't have any idea if I could not just survive but actually live my life. You know, and uh, so she asked me a question that changed my life. She asked me, have you tried marijuana? And uh, so I, you know, I smoked some some cannabis in high school um, recreationally, although I say that, but I always say I don't think any of it is recreational. I think it's all medicinal, really. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, right. Um, And, uh, but I hadn't touched it you know, in a, in a very long time, I worked in healthcare where they drug test you, and it just never occurred to me to, to use it. 
and I didn't know all the medicinal properties. And so uh, she, we, we looked it up together, and then she came forward and said, well, I have some in my car, <laughs> so why don't you just try it, you know? And it was, it was legal already medicinally in Massachusetts. Um, so, she, uh, so she brought it in, and I, with just a few puffs, the withdrawal symptoms went away, like went away. <laughs> and the pain came down almost to nothing. Um, I was experiencing so much pain, even on when I was on the opiates, when I was trying to come off of them. It didn't matter. The pain didn't really change that much. Um, but with this, it, it actually came down, and so I knew it was my medicine. And then what I learned from there was that even though it was legal medicinally in Massachusetts, to get a recommendation from a doctor, you had to reach into your pocket and pay $200. Mm. to access the medicine. They didn't have any dispensaries open at the time. Um, and so even when I you know, got the money together and went and did that, they couldn't tell me where to get it. There was no list of caregivers, even though they had a caregiver system. So I had to you know, check around and try to find somebody by word of mouth. And I was really determined to get healthier. During that time, I also realized that it wasn't just the cannabis that was going to heal me. I needed to start moving my body. Exercise became really important. Um, going to see a chiropractor and acupuncturist and other alternative health providers helped me to start standing up straight and get off the arm crutches. Um, nutrition, positive thinking, all these things together with the cannabis are what creates health and wellness. And that's what happened to me. But um, I also realized that while it took me a, a little bit to, to gather up the $200, being disabled, there were many people who absolutely couldn't come up with that money. And so uh, my son Antonio and I started a nonprofit called Bulldozer Health to help people to access cannabis, the doctor visits, and, uh, and also alternative health care. And part of our mission is also education. So um, I started doing some public speaking, telling my story and finding that there were many, many like-minded people and people who wanted that kind of access. And so then we, uh, we came up with the idea to start doing a TV show and radio show. It's, it started off as a podcast, actually, me raving about oh. the, health, the healthcare system into a microphone in my bedroom <laughs> and, um, and, um, and sending it to, uh, to my wife, uh, Angela, um, who was still in Arkansas at that time, and became the producer of what was then called the Bulldozer Health Show. And uh, we did 61 episodes of that show on topic, all kinds of alternative health topics, health topics, uh, cannabis. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I ran into Topher Kogan at the TV station, and, um, and he actually interviewed me for something at the station, and we just really clicked creatively I felt like I felt like the vibe was really great <laughs> he's funny and positive and um and just it, it was really refreshing and um and so we started to connect and decided to do the green zone tv because uh we wanted to really give as much information as possible for people to understand how cannabis works medicinally um and here in Arkansas, uh, you know, they, they passed medical cannabis two years ago, a little over two years ago. Um, but the program is still not up and running. 
and we can talk a little bit more about that later, but the the Green Zone TV was what we came up with, and we had uh, Dr. Uma Danabalan on the show uh, giving you know medical information. We had mm-hmm. a topic for each episode, <clears throat> and it was funny, too, and uh, the episodes are really great. But it was hard to get funding for that project here when the program wasn't up and running, and uh, so we kind of tabled it and then decided to do this live radio show that includes the Green Zone um, to talk about not just cannabis but also plant medicine in general, um, though a lot of it is are, you know cannabis topics. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I'm talking and talking. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's great. You're really um, gives us good insight into you know everything that you have going on and i really like that you started out in your bedroom on a podcast i i know the feeling <laughs> yeah i mean just like raving into the microphone you know we still have those episodes um i, I listened to one recently and kind of chuckled to myself because i could picture myself sitting there like just you know because i worked in the mainstream healthcare system for 25 years and um i feel like this illness was a huge blessing to me because it opened my eyes to what really happens when people get sick, um, it, you know, financially, uh, medically, all of that, and the impact and what they have access to and what they don't, and what Big Pharma is doing and how it's funded. It just really opened my eyes to so many things, even food, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd never been to a food bank. You know, suddenly we're, you know, struggling to pay for anything and we go to the food bank i'm like man it's all processed food you know and so the problem is 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 huge and multifaceted and that's how bulldozer health kind of got involved in all these different aspects from you know having a community garden and giving away free food uh, you know up in massachusetts um to helping people access cannabis or an acupuncture treatment or just educating about what real health is composed of. Um, So I think, you know, and then I decided to write a book about uh, my story and give people that information. Um, We call it Remedies for Health, all the things that I mentioned. And so, as I said earlier, you know, cannabis is definitely part of it. You need it to balance your endocannabinoid system and Absolutely. achieve homeostasis. And from there, the other health benefits can come, you know. So um, so it became really important to talk about all of that and help people to understand that. So... Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds till the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you life yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap channel. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads? 
and get premier brand exposure, this is your opportunity. NCIA's Cannabis Caucus are coming this month to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Lansing, Michigan, and Philadelphia. Register today using promo code CANNABISRADIO20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Let me ask you this. What has been um, the biggest eye-opener for you in trying to educate and raise awareness? What has been like the, maybe eye-opener wasn't the best word, but the biggest obstacle to overcome is has it been you know like the stigma or even just getting people to um, open up to be able to receive the information um i think you know the stigma runs deep <laughs> you know it really does i mean I, you know i moved back to fayetteville from massachusetts which now has full legalization and though i i still saw it in massachusetts but here um I would say it, it's it's in my face many times. I mean, you know, I, of course, am talking about it and kind of, you know, poking at it all the time. So so I think, you know, I, I see it more perhaps. But, for sure. you know, people, um, you know, I, I wrote a book for children called Helpful Hannah Educates Herself About Cannabis. And uh, and so I, I wanted to read it at, you know, schools and libraries here. And so far, only one small private school has let me read it, even though the book is really just educating about the family of plants and that it's medicine. Um, So it is, you know, I think I'm sure you feel this way, too, at times. You know, we're sort of insulated because we're talking to people who are pro-cannabis frequently, you know. But when you step outside that circle, there's still so much work to do. And uh, and I think we have to keep raising our voices in a in a way that is educating and so that people understand. I mean, recently I posted something about the endocannabinoid system. I said what I just said earlier. The endocannabinoid system creates the balance from which other health benefits can come. And someone posted this nasty comment on it, saying, "What are you? You know, I, what are you taking crazy pills?" <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, people really don't understand it, that it's, we were born with it. It creates homeostasis. You know, it's, uh, cannabinoids are in breast milk, you know, I mean, so I think it's just really important to keep talking about these things so that it becomes normalized. That's what I would love to see. I'd love to see access for everyone and prohibition deschedule and normalize. Yeah, you know, um, you brought something up, and as about when you mentioned the endocannabinoid system, and that probably is the most mind blowing thing that people come to find out when it finally sinks in that they not only have an endocannabinoid system that is made to take these phytochemicals and make use mm-hmm. of them, but they're even more mind blown to realize that the milk drunk that babies get is likely induced from the endogenous cannabinoids they receive through the breast milk. And anandamide specifically in the breast milk um, plays a role in um, regulating oxytocin, which is, you know, the bonding hormone 
And right. it's very, very interesting to find out. And, you know, it reminds me of a time I was speaking with my stepmom, who is as anti-cannabis as one could possibly get, times, oh times 50. And she looked at me like a deer in the headlights when I said, you have an endocannabinoid system too, and you actually make uh, cannabis molecules inside of your body. She, she, mm -hmm. she looked like she had seen a ghost and was like, no, I do not. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, but you, like, do, but you do. Whether she likes it or not, it's, it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people, um, you know, I usually will say, well, you know, why don't you just Google it? You don't have to believe me. It's, there's lots of information out there, and, and um, it's the more we talk about it, you know, we never know how people hear us. They might balk at it. But later they'll they'll think about it, <laughs> and hopefully it's continuing this process of ending the stigma and normalizing, you know. Um, yeah, and and you know other plants have cannabinoids. You know, if if you get a little too stone, you know, chew up some black peppercorns. It'll yes, you know, it has <laughs> cannabinoids. <laughs> I learned that from. Um, from the Connecticut Medical Marijuana Critic up in Connecticut. Um, we used to collect health tips from people all over the country, and that was a health tip that he provided. Um, they're on our YouTube channel. Yeah, that's actually a really big one, and I, I'm glad you brought it up. And if you're ever experiencing too much of the effects from cannabis for all the Marijuana Solution listeners out there, you can do exactly what Wendy just said, and you can chew up black peppercorns and you know if you hold them under your tongue it'll work pretty quick because it gets in through your sublingual gland that's located under the tongue and it will help to um, kind of counteract the effects of the cannabis uh, another thing that's good to take you know is uh, choline they, they prescribe um, choline at some of the emergency rooms in Denver and that helps with some of the effects and the nausea and things of that nature as well and I just always like to remind my listeners you can it's a lot easier to take less than you need in the beginning and work mm -hmm. your way up to where you need to go but it's almost impossible to work your way back down that elevator if you get too stoned now there are ways to counteract it like we mentioned the black peppercorns and other measures but it's just better to properly titrate your dose up to where you need to go and there's a lot of great information about titrating your doses um, and I would just recommend everyone doing that it's you know good thing is you don't have to worry if you take a little too much you're, you're not gonna you know need someone to come do CPR on you you're not gonna die it's not like an opiate or some right. of these other medicines um, but you can definitely overdose overdose doesn't always mean death people it just means that you took more than you're supposed to and it's okay yeah yeah I mean it's you might feel like you're gonna die <laughs> but you're not going to because this is how mother nature is so smart you know you have receptors all over your body that's why it works for so many ailments so you have receptors all over your body and your and in your nervous system, but there aren't any in your brainstem. So your brainstem is what governs blood pressure and heart rate. So you can't die from it. <laughs> you know, you you but you you might I have had times when 
when I was first uh, trying edibles where I I felt like I was going to die, seriously. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, but I had friends around me who kind of helped me through it, and I didn't know at that time that if you take some CBD or some peppercorns, you know, it'll at least help bring it down. Drink lots of water. You know, Dr. Uma's always saying, hydrate, 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 when you're medicating. It's so true. So there are things that will help, but you're absolutely right. You know, titrate the dose, start low, see how you do, maybe add a little more if it's not enough for you, if you're not getting the desired effect. It's yeah. a really smart, it's a, such a smart plant, you know, it really is. I think that also kind of adds into um, some of the pushback of it, I guess, mm-hmm. is because kind of like how you had to do, Wendy, um, with um, um, bulldozer health and really taking your health back into your own hands, right? Mm-hmm. I think when when the layman starts to hear, um, you know, oh, you have to monitor how much you're taking, monitor all this and this. Right. I feel like in America we are so used to being told, oh, I'm going to give you exactly what you need mm-hmm. and just keep on with this. It's like we don't like to experiment on our bodies mm-hmm. in that way. Right. Or take some responsibility. Yeah. Um, that It's so true. I, I feel like uh, what I experienced... Um, when I was, particularly when I was very sick, is the doctor does something to you, like you you go there and you expect them Mm -hmm. to be in charge and do something to you and decide how much medicine and all that. When you take back your health and put it in your own hands, now you've got to do a lot of educating yourself and maybe a little bit of experimenting. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many family members, like, they will be on all these pills and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you were to say to them, oh, here's this one thing that you have to do, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be with cannabis. It can be um, with monitoring diabetes, you know, anything. Right. When you put into their mind, oh, here's something that you can do that can help you, but you have to monitor it. You have to determine what's Mm -hmm. good for you. It's like they can't do it. They almost get um, infantilized at a point. They're just like, well, that's just too much for me to handle. And then we have to think about, so it's too much to take care of your body. You have Mm -hmm. to put that on someone else to tell you, oh, you can take this, this, and this, but you can't just, like, work it out for yourself. You know, and I think that's what's good about cannabis is because you really can, you know, um, just experiment with yourself because, like you said, mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt you. Right. Because you can't, because um, you can't die from it, you know, so you can really, you know, gauge yourself and and learn from yourself, you know, how to work it into your system. Right. You know, I think that in the healthcare system in the U.S., there's just a lot of indoctrination. You know, I see oh, it a lot. I see it a lot in young people. Some of the people who get irate with some of the things that I say are the younger people who really, are, yeah, because there are many are really already on a few different pharmaceutical drugs, and they believe they've been indoctrinated. They believe they need them. Oh well, well, and yeah, for like the. Um, ADHD mm-hmm. and then depression, you know, you, you, which I don't know. It's always weird for me or not uh, weird, but hard for me to say like, to be on the side of like, take your medicine or don't take your medicine, right. take your doses, don't take your dosage. 
because I do believe it is um, a case-by-case thing, mm-hmm. but I don't want people to blindly take them. Don't right. just Educate take them because yourself. someone yeah. said this. And I, I would never tell someone, don't take your prescribed drugs. I mm-hmm. say, do your own research, look it up, and make your decisions. And if your doctor doesn't want to have an exchange with you about it, maybe that's not the right doctor for yeah, you. Yeah, find a different doctor. You know? someone that will not just want to do something to you and hand you prescriptions, but, you know, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, After doing this, when I uh, go to the doctor, if they want to prescribe something, I I make them look it up on the computer and tell me all the different side effects that are possible. And they really, I can tell if it's going to be my doctor, if they get annoyed and are like, well, I don't have time to do that or well, you know, you're prescribing this from, you're asking me to put it in my body. Yeah. You know, and I want to make sure that it's something that I want to put into my body, you know. So yeah. it is, it's a different mindset, don't you think? Well, yeah, absolutely a different mindset. And, you know, the healthcare system in the Western world is very much about indoctrination and fear tactics into getting you to you know, do things, and I'll give you a for instance. There's apparently a measles outbreak in Washington State that has prompted the governor to issue a state of emergency, and the headlines are all telling people to run out and go get their vaccines because the uh, measles outbreak, it's mostly kids who are not vaccinated that contracted it they don't provide any stats or anything but that's what they say you know measles outbreak state of emergency vaccinate yourself Mm -hmm. you dig through it and you realize there's a whopping 30 measles cases in a state of set over 7 million people Mm -hmm. that doesn't really sound like an outbreak to me nor nor a crisis that needs a state of emergency but i guarantee you tons of people ran into their doctors and are getting re-upped on their MMR vaccines and everything else. And, you know, it's... It's our, a big, big score for Big Pharma. It's a huge <laughs> score. Huge yeah. score. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people are scared. I mean, and, you know, <clears throat> there's so much stigma and so much bad press that we're trying to overcome for cannabis literally over the last century that even myself, I find... And it's very, very common that I will be judging myself and or others because of, you know, just the repetitive things that have been ingrained in into me about cannabis. And it's very hard to unwind all of these prejudices that have kind of been built into us from society, uh, even mm-hmm. though I am like as deep in the water as you can get in the cannabis movement. It's it's difficult. Um, it, it's very difficult sometimes, but it's getting better every day. You know, I wear this uh, my tie dye sunshine cannabis shirt. Uh, one of them. I've got about fifty. People ask me if that's the only <laughs> thing I own. Almost yes. <laughs> and it's a it's like a billboard for people to feel comfortable to come up and talk to me about cannabis. And five years ago. People weren't coming up to me. They were, they were, you know, mostly a lot of people looking at 
you know, the clothes I would wear because I'm always kind of swagged out in cannabis stuff. But mm -hmm. people are becoming more comfortable and, you know, it's not people with dreadlocks or tatted up everywhere or whatever the current stigma attached to quote unquote a stoner is these days. It's just every average, you know, folks, if you just took a survey of society, it's, you know, good sample size. Those are the people that are coming up to me. It's, you know, your moms, your grandmothers, your, your uncles, the old veteran in a wheelchair. And it, it, it happens all over the place. And I think people are starting to catch on about our healthcare system and how screwed up it is aside from just the cost because everyone's always known the costs are bad but I think people are realizing there's some serious systemic issues that need to be changed within our healthcare system um, mm -hmm. especially the FDA and how they approve drugs you know now that I've been in the cannabis mm -hmm. industry I've met a handful of doctors that uh, do or used to do clinical trials for big pharma and the way I understand it is there are companies you go to if you want a drug to get the clinical trials um, drafted and created for you and created in a way that you're gonna get the data you need to continue to check off those boxes for the FDA yeah, I mean, unless it's, you know, a double-blind study. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I I could probably go on about that. I, you know, FDA approved to me doesn't really hold a lot of weight because they approve lots of things that then, you know, a couple of years later they're taking back their approval, you know, and some drugs are really rushed through. Um, you know, I just I feel like, it's it's a lot about about greed and uh, continuing with the same old um, system, and so you know when I first started doing all this, you know I I wanted I kind of like would talk a lot about this subject and and wanted to kind of dismantle that you know, but it's it's such a big nut to crack. I think we just have to build a new system um, that Absolutely. will accommodate for cannabis, other methods of alternative health, um, you know, even CBD, look, they passed the farm bill and immediately the FDA came out to remind everybody that they aren't in, you know, are not approving CBD. You know, they've, they've never approved it. Um, uh, yeah, this know, is an argument I have all the time with people. I'm like, no, CBD is mm -hmm. actually illegal still. Yeah, I mean, state to state, it's available and, you know, in quotations legal <laughs> but but the way that it sounded to me is that they were going to start to come down on some of that because it's not you know unless it's you know epidiolics which is preclusively expensive and you know not the natural plant with all the elements that create the entourage effect um, you know unless it's that which is so expensive then they're not approving what people can just readily obtain and use for their health. Um, so, yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, we need to keep uh, remaining positive, educate, bring it forward for a, a new system that is really for everyone. Yeah, since um, we definitely need a new system, we need to create something new. It's just 
it's so hard to do when the current system is literally in every facet of our lives and the unwinding mm -hmm. of that is so difficult. I almost think it's going to require a complete reset at some point. And, you know, that's <clears throat> hopefully not what will happen. Hopefully we can, you know, make the right incremental changes over time to get to a place where we want to be in society. The CBD issue, you know, to touch back on that, nothing has caused more confusion or arguments on social media amongst people in this movement than the CBD mm -hmm. issue. And, you know, it's the most ironic things you'll see the two sides saying because there's like, there's the licensed producers and then there's the unlicensed producers, which are, you know, the ones that are selling most of the CBD products. And, you know, a lot of times the retailers don't even know what they have on their shelves. And they come to find out when the cops kick down the door because, unbeknownst to them, they were actually selling marijuana this whole time and not CBD because it doesn't test you know, or, or not hemp, you know, because mm -hmm. you see the flowers available everywhere. And what is the state of hemp slash CBD in Arkansas where you're at? Are retailers getting in trouble? Are people being arrested? I haven't seen any of that here. Have you, Topher? Mm, not anybody getting arrested. So mm. I just see more shops opening and opening and opening. There's, it, because the, the, the cannabis program has been stalled for over two years, they've created this huge CBD market. Um, and it's legal in the state, you know, but it's Again, you know the same issue that we were talking about. Um, but I haven't. But I also haven't um, seen anything of like um, someone that regularly uses that CBD, like having to go get a test or something, and then there be you know um, enough trace amounts of THC. Oh, for employment, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd be interested to see if if that's ever happened in Arkansas because, you know, like you said, it, or like, um, like it's been uh, brought up before, you know, there's really no, if it's not regulated in that kind of way, mm -hmm. then it's hard for consumers who may think they're not ingesting, you know, um, THC. Mm -hmm. And they could be. Right. You know? Yeah, there's not really the regulation, but there's definitely lots and lots of shops. And some of them are, are I, I feel, are reputable. You know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry about that, but we haven't seen any, any you know, the feds coming in and shutting anybody down or arresting people, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, in Florida, we haven't really seen the feds doing it, but the local um municipalities are the most recent one that i know about was in tallahassee the city of tallahassee raided a smoke really? shop oh yeah oh, raided man. A, yeah and then and they confiscated all of their products um you know they're they're going after in florida it looks like they're going after the people that are selling flour you know hemp flour products and that's because a lot of times and it's almost never the retailer's fault. I don't think they're, they think that they're selling hemp, but in actuality, the flowers are testing in a lot of cases much higher than the 0.3%. Oh, and no. so what happens is 
You know, we've seen people fail drug tests in Florida because they thought they were consuming hemp and it actually contained enough THC. I mean, 0.3% THC, folks, you're going to show up dirty on your analysis if you're taking that stuff every day. It gets stored in your fat cells and you're guaranteed to, to fail if you're taking it every day and you get a urinalysis. The, um, the levels to uh, pop dirty on a urinalysis are very, very low, usually like 15 nanograms a milliliter. It doesn't take much, so definitely be careful. Yeah. But the reason why this is, in states like Oregon, when they test the plant to determine the potency of it to see if it meets guidelines to be sold as hemp they test the entire biomass of the plant so that means the stem the stalk the roots everything is homogenized and then tested that way but then what happens is so they take that certificate of analysis and then they send that one off with the package that they sold, which is just the tops and the flowers and the buds where all of the chemicals are primarily stored. And now you have stuff that's far hotter and has higher levels of THC than that original test that contained all of the biomass. Because once you strip out the stalk, the stems, the roots, all of the fan leaves, and you're left with just buds, there's a big difference in the amount of cannabinoids that are present and i've been doing my best to try and educate the retailers that hey you need to be performing your own test once it gets into your hands in your custody because that test that somebody sent you it doesn't even matter at that point because now you're in possession of it and i don't think you know these retailers are trying to you know sell stuff that's just barely outside the limits but it presents a big problem and the- yeah, I mean, that's really good advice. I, I always tell people in the CBD shop when you go into a shop to ask to see their lab results. Um, and if the shop is resistant to that, I say go to another shop. There's lots of CBD shops out there. Oh, yeah. Don't- if, they don't have, if they don't have their own lab results to show you, you know, then it's sort of a red flag. And that's why I'm Topher's weed mom. <laughs> but oh, perfect you- segue. <laughs> But you could be his weed dad, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, in Florida, Mr. John Morgan has already claimed the pot daddy name. He calls himself Florida's pot daddy. That's the lawyer that got it on the ballot for us and passed. But that's okay. I can be your pot daddy, too. <laughs> well, we can call you weed dad. Weed dad. I, pot daddy is kind of a funny... You yeah, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> pot mommy? Should I be pot... That's, I, mean, I don't know. No. <laughs> no I weed, like weed mom. I like weed mom, too. <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah. So so how how is Wendy your weed mom? How, how did that even come about? Um, Let me see. So I am, so I'm from um, Arkansas, but, like, I'm from, like, straight-laced southern eastern Arkansas with, like, you know, on the side of a river and, you know, swamps and, you know, hunting, all that good stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I really wasn't exposed um, to marijuana or cannabis kind of at all. And then um, I came to Fayetteville to go to school. And uh, funny enough, uh, the first time I had, like, had my 
um, experience with marijuana, um, I was getting into an elevator in one of my college dorms, and then I was just, like, sniffing around, and I was like, oh, it smells like my grandpa's house. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've heard that story. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah, and so so I guess, um, like, throughout, like, childhood, like, it's just kind of been, like, on the periphery a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But, say, like, I've never, like, seen any adult figure, like, just, like, stoned out of their mind. Mm -hmm. But, um, But I guess now... Looking back, I had had, you know, um, relatives that um, were users of it. Uh, but how Wendy is my weed mom is so, um, came to college, all that stuff, still didn't get into it. Say, I tried it here and there, but really didn't, um, you know, want to do it. Because a lot of the jobs that I um, were going into for, like, work study and then um, just getting out of college, they, um, they would um, drug test, and so I wouldn't, you know, do, um, do anything and then I finally got you know employment where they didn't do that they didn't really care and then um I met Wendy saw that she was doing a lot of stuff with um take back your health just wanted to interview her and just like pal around and so we did all that stuff I was like she probably thinks I'm like this weird or whatever (laughs) and then a couple of days later she was like Hey, I'm doing this show about cannabis and this stuff, and it's um, mostly um, educational based. Would you want to be a part of it? And I was like, sure, you know, because I virtually didn't know anything about it. Um, th- that whole time that we shot that TV show was really just like a master class for me of just like learning about the endocannabinoid system, learning about the different types of cannabinoid, the different types of THC. I didn't even know CBD was a thing. Like, I didn't even know there was a form of it that was not psychoactive, you know. Most of my um, knowledge of it had come from, you know, um, the um, pop culture realm of it. And then after we were doing the show for um, a couple of weeks, I actually took a trip to Colorado um, and stayed there for a week, you know, in the mountain cabins and was, you know, skiing and stuff and just stayed um, uh, um, uh, medicated the whole time I was there. And that experience really opened my eyes to, okay, it's not like being drunk. It's not this, Mm. you know, completely looped out, can't control yourself state. And so just being able to experience that because I, you know, um, I did come from, like, um, a very straight-laced, this is legal, this is a legal um, thing. Um, it was important for me to really, like, um, immerse myself in a space that was legal, you know, and stuff. And then when I came back, I wouldn't be punished for that, but could come back with a more well-rounded knowledge about it. So, yeah, when you just open my mind to it and to all the things that it can do and the possibilities and the positiveness of it and so yeah i'm proud to be his weed mom (laughs) so sweet and and when he told me about that experience i remember when we first talked about the green zone i asked him if he was a cannabis user enthusiast and he was like no Mm -hmm. you know and i was a little surprised um you know that he that he wanted to do the project but we had such good chemistry and and um 
and uh, he brought so much to it. And so after you had that experience in Colorado, I remember you, you're, I, I could see that you now you understood a little more. Yeah. Now, because I think you do have to experience it to some degree. Yeah, because I was never one to judge someone for what they did um, because so um, – I went to school for um, anthropology, and so that's just the study of people. And one of the first tenets of that on the um, cultural side is that you can't judge a culture if you're outside of that culture. And so with the whole cannabis culture, you know, I was never like, oh, those are bad people. Oh, they're lazy. Oh, they're unproductive. I was just like, oh, well, that's a thing that they do that I don't do. And um and say fighting that stigma, um, especially with like family members, that's been the biggest like hurdle for me and where I see the most pushback is just um this kind of like ingrained um perception that there's a stigma mm-hmm. and a thing. Um but yeah. You know, in the first four the four shows that we did complete and produce and, and put out there are about busting the stigma. The mm-hmm. first, the first one was does cannabis kill brain cells, and then does cannabis make you lazy or stupid? Does cannabis make you gain weight? Mm-hmm. And uh, is cannabis an, an entrance drug? That's yeah. what the four shows are about. Um, so I'm glad that it provided that education for you, mm-hmm. and I hope for many other people. We got a lot of good feedback on the show, so. It'll be it'll be fun to get back to it later in the year after Arkansas gets the program going. Hopefully, with yes. hope. <laughs> and I feel like it'll bring more people, um, especially um, in this area, you know, that we um, deal with on the side of um, inter- entertainment and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we have a lot of conversations off air with people that are very pro cannabis. Yeah, but they're afraid of what their public eye will be seen as, you know, mm-hmm. if they come out publicly as for it when it's not completely legal. Right. So I think that's one of the big hurdles on the side of the um, of the public figure side of it. Right. And it's been our pleasure to bring this information through not only the Green Zone show, but this radio show. We're really gaining a lot of listeners. We run into people all the time. Um you know, sometimes they'll look at look at us and say, "Oh, you look," fam-, you know, they'll kind of be like, "You look familiar," and I'll say, "Oh, you know, do you listen to the radio show?" Oh, yes, I listen to it. Oh, that's who you are. You yeah, know? that's so awesome. Um, yeah, so I think you know, in the, in the show, uh, the radio show, we we have a musical guest. I've always felt like music is really important to health and well being, so we have a musical guest. We have a health guest. Um, and that is a wide range of health topics. And then in the green zone, which sometimes we have a guest, sometimes like yourself, somebody from another state, sometimes it's people here, um, and sometimes we just talk about a topic related. Um, and we did sort of branch it out, not just for cannabis, but also to other forms of plant medicine. Um, you know, for instance, oh, yeah. tonight, uh, which is January 30th, we ha- our guest We'll be talking about MDMA um, for um, PTSD, you know, um, ecstasy or MDMA is in its final FDA trials, and this woman is a psychologist who plans to bring it into her practice in Fayetteville. So it's pretty exciting that there's other plants that people will start to gain access to, other, other natural things, you know. 
Um, For sure, there's psilocybin or yeah, that's or, what I was gonna say. Yeah. You know, Oregon and some of the states out west are getting close to having psilocybin and some of the other psychedelics. And I was speaking with someone today. You know, nothing. I don't think there's going to be anything that helps ease end of life transition more than psychedelics becoming a, you know, approved uh, drug in the United States. Uh, yeah. Different I, hospice I, nurses, you know, that are really in tune with things. They, I know more than a few that, you know, will help patients that request it like that. And psychedelics are an amazing mental health tool when used in the right setting and with the right intention. And I, I really think we did a horrible thing as a society by banning them. And then their use has pretty much been confined to, you know, um, partying and raves and things of that nature where, yeah, you may have a great experience, but you also may have a really traumatic one. It's very, very powerful medicine and it works really well. And there's, you know, obviously a lot of other things besides psilocybin, such as Ibogaine, which is mm -hmm. another psychedelic that people use for opiate addiction. And that's one that's going to send you on a ride for about 40 hours worth of a psychedelic trip. But whatever that stuff does, I mean, people just report such great success for getting off of opiates when they go down oh, yeah. to some of those centers in Mexico and things like that. And we have the ayahuasca, um, mm -hmm. you know, peyote and all, know, all these I'm, different I'm, plant medicines. I've been, I've been making a prediction that, um, some of these psychedelics like psilocybin, um, particularly is, is going to, you know, prohibition will end on the psychedelics before it ends on cannabis. That's, that's, a prediction I've made. <laughs> um. And I think that's just because I think it's all a capitalism thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's like you can't I mean it's like it's like when you start treating cannabis like tomatoes mm -hmm. then they don't get money anymore. Right. And that's where they should be. <laughs> that's where it should be in my opinion. Yeah. If it's treated you know like you purchase other vegetables other foods um, other, you know, medicinal herbs, um, and I, I, I hope that that uh, you know, lots of people are microdosing psilocybin for depression. I would like them to not be afraid that they're going to be arrested for doing that. Um, Absolutely, you know, um, it's, you know it's and ridiculous. people are leaving the country to go do ayahuasca, um, and then, you know, actually, um, one of the very first people who came to Bulldozer Health for some advocacy and help was someone who um, was used ecstasy at a, at a concert and was feeling really sick the next day, got, you know, who knows what was really in it, and I ended up just going to the emergency room with her because she was afraid to tell her parents she was like a young adult, and uh, just to be able to be there and advocate and have her not feel embarrassed and scared that the doctors were going to I don't know what she thought they were going to arrest her or something, but, um, you know, I, I think because it's still all black market, you can run into all kinds of problems, you know. Oh, hundred percent. should be there for healing. should be there for healing, not for... Yeah, people uh, should have safe access to these plants that are, I mean, they've, they've been around for, I mean, longer than humans have been around in a lot of cases, and... They've been used by 
various, you know, peoples throughout the world, um, mm -hmm. all over, depending on what geographical location these people are in and find themselves is usually what determines the type of plant medicines they use. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Register today using promo code CannabisRadio20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Big Pharma has been going into the jungles and rainforest and far reaches of the globe for centuries to find you know different plant medicines that's where they come up with all these um synthesized medicines that they give to it. not all of them but a lot of them are based on plant medicine and then they find you know what chemical they think is playing the biggest role they isolate it they then they sell it to us um i'll give a mm -hmm. good for instance for the listeners of the marijuana solution aspirin it's in most of y'all's cabinets comes from white willow bark is how they found it. Now, Native Americans use white willow bark, and it actually works really great, and it doesn't upset your stomach lining or anything like that, but it has that, uh, I believe it's salicylic acid that is what yeah. is synthesized out and then turned into aspirin. Yeah, I've been using just white willow bark instead of aspirin for a while now. Where do you get white willow bark? At the, the health food store. Um, yeah, and it's inexpensive, and um, it works great. Is it know? just like a stick and you just chew it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I found that funny. I wonder if you could just chew it. You might be able to. I don't know. Um, but it's like ground up. It's in it? a capsule. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, it's ground up in a capsule. Um, you know, and, and, and someone will listen to this and say, well, why can't I just just buy my aspirin at Walgreens, you know. <laughs> um, you can, you can, but but the herb itself, just the white willow bark, works just as well, and, and you don't have all these other things in it, you know. 
Yeah, so absolutely. It's just, um, you know, kind of a mindset. I, I would say here in Arkansas, you know, it's the natural state. And you do find, and I may be a little biased because Fayetteville is really funky and cool. Uh, the rest of the state may, may not be the same. <laughs> Topher's shaking his head, no. But here, um, lots of people do uh, try natural things first, and they and they, they go out and collect herbs. One of my friends makes a, a salve for me. She goes and, and picks the herbs, and um, it, she makes a salve that I put on my feet that really helps with neuropathy. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think... I think that these things are available to us, but it might take a little more work than just going to the pharmacy and, and picking up something. Right. And they have other things in it, other side effects that you have to deal with. And that's that's the trade-off, right? Convenience. That And that's why yeah. these things are so easy to get packaged up and produced and sold to us because we live very hectic lifestyles. And especially in the West, where it's always go, 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 go. A lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and they just don't have the time to go out and gnaw on the side of that white willow tree to get the bark. <laughs> right. I know the salve she makes for me has uh, cleavers in it It's a, um, and some other things too, a little bit of lavender and, stu- and such. And uh, <clears throat> not only does it help the neuropathy, but I also have psoriasis. And of course, what I put in my body will affect the skin absolutely um but this salve i put if i have a breakout and i put it on there it 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 really reduces it like almost overnight like it's it's unbelievable now i could put steroid cream on it but i don't want to as much as possible i would like to not put steroids in my body because of all the ill effects um and and yet everything has its, its place you know i mean if you have a huge allergic reaction you know, you you may want those steroids, you know. So I think everything has its place, but day-to-day as we are caring for ourselves, you know, using things that cause the least amount of harm, which is what physicians are uh, taking oath to do, um, but we can do it for ourselves, you know, do, do the least amount of harm and the most amount of good. Yeah, absolutely, and that's, you know, what we're working for towards and that's supposed to be like um founding principle of our healthcare system is do no harm the hippocratic oath however mm-hmm. it would appear that that's not really what's going on uh for the majority of people because it's more like do no harm to my paycheck because if you don't tell the line with big pharma a lot of times you can get blacklisted especially the doctors that we really need on the cannabis side, which would I would say are the researchers conducting the research at the different universities around the country. A lot of them are very, very scared to get involved with any type of a cannabis research study because most of the funding comes from, you know, big pharma for these studies they do and it'll, it will dry up. I met a, guy he's a formulary he's an organic chemist he's in his 60s he's been you know formulating products for the pharmaceutical industry for decades and he got blacklisted because he started working with cbd so yeah he doesn't get any more business from big pharma and that you know he explained it to me he's like the only way i was even able to do this is because i'm already in my 60s robert and I've, i've got enough money to retire he's like but the younger 
you know, the younger bright minds, a lot of times that decision's a lot harder to make because you're, you know, talking about being blacklisted for the rest of your career and you just got started. So there's a lot of power, money, and fear that are pushing back against all of our good efforts. But mm-hmm. we're making well, progress. The, well, there is progress, you know, but the researchers, that's a, a huge problem. Um, <clears throat> I interviewed uh, Dr. Sue Sicily back, um, I don't know, a few years ago. And at the time, she had uh, received the go-ahead to do a, a study on cannabis for PTSD and veterans. And uh, But she had to get the cannabis from the federal government, and they, while they approved her to do the study... She she lost her job at the University of Arizona, and um, and they never, you know, at the time of the interview, it had been a really long time. I can't remember exactly how long. They just didn't provide her with the medicine to do her study, you know. So, you know, they definitely are holding the cards. And, and then where physicians are concerned, too, I remember um, when I weaned off the drugs, I weaned off 10 drugs before I went back to my doctor, because they had already told me that I couldn't come off of anything, that I had a diagnosis to go with every drug, and he couldn't tell me to come off of anything. And uh, so after I weaned off 10 of them and was exercising and off the arm crutches and losing weight and feeling better, I went back to see him. And he looked me in the eye and he said, you know, doctors like me, you know, we could lose our license if we tell somebody to stop taking a certain drug if they have a diagnosis for it. And so he couldn't tell me to come off it, but he was so happy. You know, he started, he told me he started saying to his patients, who didn't know me from a hole in the wall, if Wendy Edge can do it, you can do it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and um, so, you know, because I was in pretty bad shape, and um, and I still struggle with, with some of the ailments that I have, but I just approach it so differently you know I I remain disabled for a number of reasons but um but this is so much better (laughs) you know being I feel like I'm in control of my health to to the highest degree that I can be you know there are there are uh you know I have a number of autoimmune diseases you know so there's I have to be realistic to some degree but I have gone way further than I thought I would, and I plan to keep going. You know, it just, it takes a long time, and, you know, people need to understand that, too. You know, big pharma is a quick fix, right? Absolutely. But it doesn't really solve the problem, (laughs) and to solve the problem takes a long time of, you know, positive health choices, positive thinking, staying on track and taking the time that you have to take for your health. And when I falter, which I did back a couple of months ago for several months, I wasn't going to the gym and I was getting too stressed about some projects that I was working on and my health started to take a downward turn emotionally and physically. And my wife kept saying to me, what are you doing? You got to, you know, change your mind, Wendy, <laughs> you know, and, but it, it, it all starts, with me, it all starts with yourself. You have to make those choices. And so in the last six weeks, I went back to my, you know, health, healthy wellness routine, and I'm already so much better, you know. So it's, it's possible the body will replenish itself. It wants to work with you. It wants to heal itself. And I feel that cannabis is one of the solutions for sure, you know, along with these other things. A hundred percent. 
Um, I think once we start adding cannabis back into our diet regularly, or hemp or hemp seed, um, you know, over time we'll, we should see a lot of, you know, beneficial changes to the overall healthcare of our society, in my opinion, because we've been starving mm-hmm. this system for so long and we're just now starting to figure out what happens when you starve the endocannabinoid system. So it can lead to things like depression and a, a whole bunch of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And the hemp seeds, you know, and hemp seed oil, like cold press hemp seed oil, it has great antioxidants. It's so good for you. Um, I don't. Do you use hemp seeds, Topher? No, no. no. I just sprinkle them on whatever, whatever I cook, mm-hmm. and um, and I hadn't been doing that for a while either. But I went back to it, um, and I I think you're absolutely right. I think people, um, their endocannabinoid system has been starved um, because of propaganda and greed. And now we're coming back. I know um, even with, with CBD products, I mean, for me, it really helps with depression and anxiety. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it definitely, I feel completely different. I feel like my receptors are happy <laughs> when I put it in my system. Yeah, mine are, yeah. too. I, I think you're right onto something. Yeah, I think so. And and um i know you've experienced that too tofer with the cbd right the, mm-hmm. yeah um it just kind of it kind of elevates you even though you're not you don't have the psychoactive effect you can really feel the the difference in your body yeah and i would say like at first i was like i was uh, i was um skeptical to cbd mm-hmm. because in because in my head and you know again from um how um cannabis is um, portrayed in pop culture, in my mind, I was like, "Oh, well, if there's no psychoactive effects, then what? What is it? Like, what? I don't understand what this. Is. It does nothing, then. Uh-huh. But then, um, again, after I spent some time with it and, like, you know, um, pulled it into my practice of just like everyday thing, I was like, oh, okay, no, it is making a positive difference that is not psychoactive. That is just on the side of just overall, like, quality wellness. Yeah, you, know? you just kind of feel happier, and I don't know, that mm-hmm. I, that's the only, that's a good a good way to describe it, you know, the, the well, that feeling of wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I feel a lot better, I've noticed, when I'm um, consistent with my intake of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And um, specifically when I use hemp seeds, like the um, crushed up hemp seed, and, and I'll get on these kicks where I put it on everything, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how to explain it. it. It's not like a I don't get a euphoric feeling, but I just I feel good and I feel whole when I'm keeping my endocannabinoid system nourished the way that it's supposed to be nourished. Right, and you're getting all parts of the plant. You know, if you're um, using some CBD, if you're using some THC-rich product, if you're adding hemp seeds or hemp seed oil, you know, and that's how it works best through the entourage effect by having all these different cannabinoids working together. So that's probably part of what you're experiencing. Um, I really love hemp seeds. I hit like I, I left them out of my diet during that period where I wasn't doing what I should have been doing, <laughs> and then 
when I added them back in, I realized how much I really feel like they help with my own wellness. And um, I'm also part of a, an art project. It's called the Cannabis Art Guild. And uh, it's a worldwide art project where the, uh, the um, art pieces are made out of hemp products. And so uh, Lee Estes is, uh, is the founder. Uh, he's up in Detroit, and he's a, definitely a cannabis activist and hempster and all-around fantastic guy. And, um, and so he invited me to work on this project and also to be one of the featured artists and so the first painting, I, you know, I received the hemp canvas in the mail, and I'm looking at it, and it's kind of a little rough, you know, like if you, if you paint it all, you know, usually the canvas is not rough like that. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of was those hemp seeds. So my first project is sort of ended up with a kind of sculpting with the hemp seeds on the hemp canvas. I'm not quite done with it yet, but... Um, but I think it brings, you know, the, the plant is so versatile, and I think... Uh, I was kind of excited to add the hemp seeds to the canvas. I don't know. I had this, like, elated feeling. <laughs> and I was doing it at my friend's studio, um, the wonderful Leilani Law. She's a brilliant artist. And she calls me afterwards. She's like, there's hemp seeds all over my studio. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, yeah, sorry about that. Um, you know, because they kind of go everywhere. But anyway, um I'm excited to kind of share that with the uh, with the Cannabis Art Guild, and uh, we just started getting some paintings back. And actually, there's a new project. If any of your listeners are interested, if they're an artist or um, you know or enjoy doing some some artwork, um, the newest project will uh, be on hemp paper, and uh, it's it the theme of it is about cannabis uh, prisoners of war, prisoners of the drug war. Um, and so that uh, Lee will be sending out the the hemp paper to, to really anyone who wants to participate. Um, we have featured artists that will be part of the the worldwide exhibit that we'll we'll be uh, putting together. It'll be online and it'll also be traveling to different cannabis festivals. And um, but uh, but. Other people are also definitely um, would love for as many people who want to to participate in the in the project. And can and you, you can provide me the, like whatever links and stuff for for that so I can absolutely. put it in? Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah, that's cannabisartguild.org. Um, but I'll I'll send it all to you, also. And, you know that topic that topic of uh, you know prisons of the drug wars is a pretty vast topic also there's so many um Topher and I interviewed uh, Lance Glore's mother a few weeks ago uh, Lance is serving 10 years in Washington state uh, which was a legal state at the time and the feds came in and arrested him he got 10 years in prison dang uh, yeah, yeah so many people are just rotting in prison because of this plant being illegal or have died it makes makes no sense at all you know to especially when you consider if you start looking around at the sentences people are getting for rape and other things and then here's lance glor providing cannabis in a legal state and gets 10 years you know i don't know if you saw um, all the stuff on social media about the fire festival a documentary came out about it recently Mm-hmm. Yes, 
I did well, actually. That guy only got six years, and he hosed people out of oh. about thirty-five million. Isn't that it's 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 that's criminal, you know, to me that that I watched that documentary. Um, I actually didn't watch the very end of it. I had to shut it off for I forget why, but um, so I don't know if they said that at the end, but. I was thinking the whole time, gosh, what a shyster, you know, and and uh, to to rob people of their money like that, and and it, it looked frightening to me. I thought if I was one of those people on that island with those tents and such, I would have been really frightened, you know. And then they locked them in the airport because they just couldn't handle getting people out. And I mean, and so he got six years. If, that makes absolutely no sense. You know, uh, yeah, because, it doesn't make any sense with at all. Cannabis, you know, there's no victim to the crime, you know, mm-hmm. and here he had all of these victims. Yeah, I mean, they're just lying. I mean, thousands and thousands of victims, and you know, people were screwed out of anywhere from thousands to millions, depending on how much of his BS that was bought into. I mean. Mm-hmm. Things like that blow my mind. I mean, really blow my mind. You know, I was arrested in Arizona some years ago. And I had a jar of infused coconut oil. They charged me, when I was arrested, they charged me with felonies. And, of course, they were reduced to misdemeanors once, you know, all the stuff came to light. But it was one jar. They weighed up the jar. They weighed up the glass, and I wondered about that. Don't all they, of it they weigh every, yeah. They weighed it all: the, glo- the the mason jar, the coconut oil, the metal top, and the ring that went around it for the mason jar. And it came out to be a couple pounds, and that's what they charged me with. And then, of course, you know, hired an attorney, spent tens of thousands of dollars, and through the process of negotiations, it was reduced to a possession charge and a misdemeanor. But if I wouldn't have had a house and a car that was paid off to be able to go take a loan out to pay an attorney fifteen thousand dollars, I would have. I would have. I mean, that's the way the system works. I would have got a public right. defender. I would have been screwed, and I might have done some time rotting in a jail in Flagstaff, Arizona. But you know, I'm forever grateful for. Mr. Um, Griffith, who represented me, he did a great job. I still remember when he came into jail, the first things he said to me on that little phone was, Welcome to the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you brought up some really good points. Um, there's, a, there's a war on the poor in this country, and, and that's part of it. And until uh, we really end prohibition and make some change... You know the the big machine of the prison system, which is privatized and makes lots of money. You know, there's so many uh, people who have money who have so much at stake that it, it's not going to change. And um, you know, we need to keep talking about it and raising awareness and helping people to understand that um, that they are at risk. You know, if if they're uh, even in a legal state, you know, and uh, it's frightening, really, what can happen, especially if you don't have access to the funds to help yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
you can have as much justice in this country as you can afford to pay for. Isn't that sad? Sad state of affairs. But it is. We're going to keep working to make make it make changes. We are. We're making tons of changes, and a lot of them are coming because of shows like the one that you and Tover put on, and it helps, you know, educate and raise awareness to things that are going on because you know the average citizen doesn't understand just how bad the struggle is for medical cannabis users and you mentioned something earlier and that is there's no such thing as recreational use if you're consuming a plant to feel better i mean it's medicine i mean food is medicine right water is absolutely medicine mm -hmm. if, if it alters your mind body or you know any of or those things right. yeah, yeah, yeah your mind body or soul i was gonna say soul and then you know sometimes people get mad yeah. at me about stuff but that's okay <laughs> We're spiritual uh, on this him, show. Let them be mad. Yeah, let them be mad. they're okay. <laughs> yeah, we've dealt with some angry folks in our time, and you know, it's it's just a sign of the times. There's a lot of divide and conquer politics going on in our country, so people right now are very polarized, and there's lots of finger pointing. Whether you're pointing it at the Republicans or the Democrats, or you know, the conspiracy deep state, a lot of fingers being pointed mm -hmm. but we're making a lot of change you know we're talking on a show right now about medical cannabis they haven't kicked down our doors yet they're not you know throwing us in jail for talking about it and you know a couple decades ago people were generally scared to even talk about these things um it's right. very much out on the open i've seen some changes happening at the federal level i believe there's a bill that's going to be getting introduced that may deal with some of the uh, reform of cannabis. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I saw um, a headline today and I forget. Oh. Yeah, I forget the name of the politician, but it, it came about because Matt Gates was, um, you know, kind of pressing the issue at the federal level. And um, Matt Gates will actually be at the Florida Medical Cannabis Conference where I'll be speaking on a couple panels in February. And we have our governor Ron DeSantis will be there. So for, in oh, Florida, wonderful. yeah, Florida, big changes are happening. You know, it's a huge difference what a new administration can bring to a state because Rick Scott, his administration, you'd have never, you'd never catch that guy going and speaking on a legislative panel about medical cannabis. A, he would have been run out of the building, and B, he just didn't care. So it's nice to see some politicians that are actually wanting to engage the people that are pushing these things forward and learn some more because I've actually found out that a lot of these politicians just literally have no clue about cannabis or medical marijuana because you know nobody's really educated them so it's good that we have you know these forums to be able to do that I'm actually mm -hmm. having Senator Jeff Brandes on the show tomorrow to talk about the bill that he introduced to make smokable cannabis legal. And hopefully we can get one of these bills passed here in Florida so we don't have so. to go to jail. We're rolling a joint even though mm -hmm. medical marijuana is legal. Right. Um, <clears throat> is is there anything else that, that you all would like to cover maybe that I haven't? And I, I'm asking that because I realize I have 
had y'all on for over an hour and I didn't even realize it. This has been a really, really good show. I really appreciate y'all coming on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. I think we covered most everything. I hope people will tune in to the Wendy Lovett Show with Topher Kogan. It's on Wednesday evenings. And uh, if you're in Florida, it's 7 o'clock Eastern Time and 6 o'clock uh, here in, in Central Time in, in Arkansas. Um, <clears throat> and uh, as we mentioned, we, we have musical guests and uh, in the green zone and a health guest. It's usually pretty informative, and people can call in the last 15 minutes if they have questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And where else can people uh, follow you on social media or and um, just kind of stay in touch with what all you have going on? Sure. So, uh, so I don't think I mentioned that to hear the show, it's on kpsq.org. If you're out of Fayetteville, if you're in Fayetteville, it's 97.3 FM. Um, and then uh, we have the Wendy Lovett Show at the Wendy Lovett Show on Facebook, um, where you can get all kinds of updates about that. Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, Wendy Lovett Public Figure, uh, Bulldozer Health, which you can take a look at at bulldozerhealth.org. And then there's a, a Facebook page, and we're on Instagram also. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see the weird stuff I post about on social media, <laughs> uh, you can just look up on, um, it is at Annoy Bradley on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. And uh, Topher's also part of Comedians NWA. Oh, yeah, so, so. if you want to go... Um, follow their page to well i mean the shows are all here so if you're ever in the area i guess yeah you can um check comedians um nwa out to um see shows that are happening when you'd be visiting and, what, uh, what's we, the nwa we, stand for oh uh northwest arkansas oh, okay cool yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah another NWA. Yeah. <laughs> completely uh, different completely makeup. different uh feel but and uh, we have a couple of events coming up, too. Um, on 420, we'll be having um, the Green Heart Festival here in Fayetteville. And, oh, that uh, sounds nice. What is that? So uh, we want to celebrate the plant, um, especially plant medicine. People here in Arkansas have been waiting over two years. Even though they've seen the doctor and paid the state, uh, many of them, um, for the program to get up and running. So we feel like the people are you know, not feeling so positive about it, and we just want to have a celebration of art and music and and plant medicine. And uh, so that'll be here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And then uh, and the proceeds will go to KPSQ radio station and also to Bulldozer Health. And what we do with that money is we help people to access alternative health and cannabis in the states that we operate in where it's legal. Um, and then Topher and I will be heading up to Massachusetts after that for um, a Take Back Your Health America Benefit concert, which is a concert tour that Bulldozer Health started, and then we we haven't actually, we kind of uh, put it on hold for a little bit. But So the first one of those will be up in Providence, Rhode Island, on April 27th, and that will be a cannabis consumption event because... You can do that in Rhode Island. Ooh, <laughs> goes to New England. I'm excited. Um, and we have great bands and and uh, health providers that will be there, and uh, we hope to raise lots of money because 
One of the things that we can do in Massachusetts and Rhode Island is gift the medicine to patients. And we're very blessed that growers um, have uh, donated it, but also it would be nice to be able to put a little money into that system as well to to be able to uh, then gift it to patients. So, um, so yeah, we have lots of stuff coming up, and um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you've got a lot of things going on all over. So that that's exciting. And uh, everyone listening, if you go to the description on whatever device you're using, I have those links to be able to follow the show, the um, comedians of Southwest, no, Northwest Arkansas, NWA. <laughs> and... I hope maybe someday I'll see you all down here in Florida in the Sunshine State and I can show you all around here, um, you know, hopefully one day when we have adult use and we can go and oh, buy, yeah. buy some <laughs> cannabis. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to bring a Take Back Your Health America concert there. Ooh, yeah, and, on like a uh, beach or Somebody something? did approach me a while back about, about doing that, but, uh, you know, kind of we watch kind of... Right now, we're helping people to see the doc have the doctor's visit in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Arkansas, um, and uh, and and even in Oklahoma a little bit now too. Um, so we'll see how it all how it all goes. Uh, you know, I'd love to uh, we'd love to come down and, and speak, or you know, lend a hand with activism, or you know, we'll see how how things pan out. I haven't been to Florida in a long time. Yeah, yeah. well, you have an open invitation to come on down here to the Sunshine State. We'd love to have you. Oh, thank you. Well, I think that wraps it up. This was a very good show, and I think uh, I would like to have you all back on in like a, maybe a couple months or so, and hopefully we'll both have some more to talk about some more progress made in our respective states and hopefully maybe even the country. Sounds great to me. Ooh, yeah. Onward and upward, right, Robert? <laughs> always, always onward and upward. And I'll take this opportunity to remind everyone on the marijuana solution. Stay focused on your passion in life. Don't let the distractions get in your way. Um, and as long as you have good intentions, just keep plowing ahead, onward and upward. And that's how we're going to make the most change. Together, Absolutely. we will do it. Stay empowered. Take back your health, America. 100%. Y'all have a good one. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Topher. Thank Thanks. you. So Bye. Much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well... A well off the Star Wars solution.